On behalf of all of our Miriam priests and brothers, God bless all of you. It's such a joy to have people back into our little shrine. We have been having masses over in the Faustina Center, but what a joy uh, to have all of you with us and all of you who are joining us by live stream. May God bless you on this very good Friday. You know, when I was in seventh grade, we didn't have class on Good Friday. So Sister Dorothy was teaching us to do Stations of the Cross on Thursday, thinking that God would accept being the day early. And as she was explaining what we just read that our Lord went through in his passion, I remember one of the girls, Michelle, said, Sister, what is good about this? And I remember sitting there thinking, that's a good question. What is good about this? Because we were talking about Good Friday, even though it was going to be the next day. And I'll never forget Sister Dorothy answered, hold that question. So she kind of looked and went, okay. About an hour later, we went into the church and we did Stations of the Cross. And we had our little booklet. And we got to the first station. Jesus is condemned to death. And we knelt down and said, we adore you, O Christ, and we praise you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. And Sister Dorothy said, that is why it is Good Friday. You know you have those little things that stick with you for your whole life? God bless the nuns, right? Because that made perfect sense to me why it is Good Friday, because it is our redemption. Now, somebody might say, well, what's good about it? If it's good, why is there no mass? Well, we have a situation where we have a liturgy. You're part of it right now. We even have communion. But there's no consecration. So this is not actually a mass. Why? St. Thomas Aquinas tells us a beautiful answer. Because the mass is a representation of what happens at Calvary. Every day that we do Mass, 364 days of the year, notice I said 364, it's a representation. But on this day, we have the reality of Christ crucified for our redemption, not a representation. So we don't consecrate the blessed or the host on the day that the event actually happened. It's powerful. In this way, we have the reality of Jesus' passion right now without celebrating it as a representation. Even though that is real, it takes us every Mass. You are at the foot of Calvary. You are there as Christ is paying. You've heard me all say before, why did Jesus die on the cross? 
That's another thing I learned from Sister Dorothy. God rest her soul. Paul tells us the wage of sin is death. When you sin or I sin, we deserve to die. Yet, someone took our place, Jesus Christ. Today continues from last night, as Brother Jason pointed out, it's a continuation of the liturgy that we celebrated, or I should say, the mass that we celebrated yesterday of the Last Supper, our Lord's Supper. And in it, Christ instituted the priesthood and the Eucharist. I have a friend who still talks about Father Bob's homily from years ago, where he got fired up. And he says, without a priest, we don't have the Eucharist. And Father Bob was getting all fired up. It was beautiful. And that's so true. And Christ gave it both at the Last Supper last night. People don't realize that, do you know, washing of the feet, yes, it's, it's in service that God was giving, Jesus was giving, but it's also in the Aaronic priesthood, part of ordination. Jesus was washing the feet, ordaining the first priest, and those priests has handed down an apostolic succession ever since. This is beautiful. So we have a continuation of this. Last night when the church, Mother, Holy Mother Church, entered into the upper room. Now, at that point, the Lord washed feet. And it ended with a procession. So if any of you watched last night, you saw the procession. Now the procession, what was that? It was a distinct movement like going from the upper room to the garden. And so the place of reposition, as we call it, where the host is resting on our second floor chapel, is a place of reposition like the garden, a place for us to watch with the Lord. So now Good Friday continues this Easter Triduum. People don't realize that the Easter Triduum is actually its own liturgical season. Do you know that we don't go immediately from Lent to Easter? We have something in between called the Triduum. And this is what we celebrate now in the passion, death, and resurrection coming in Easter of our Lord. This is why we have a day today of strict fasting and penance. Few people realize that the Easter fast, and the church only requires that we fast on Friday today, but traditionally the fast has gone all the way to Saturday. And we fast because the bridegroom has been taken away. We fast because the tabernacle is empty. People ask, why is the tabernacle, tabernacle empty? Because remember, as I just said, Jesus said, when the groom is not present, they will fast. We shouldn't get discouraged. You know, this morning, um, of all days, Good Friday, I, I, I went to Father Kaz, and there was something heavy on my heart. And 
Father Kaz could see it was weighing heavily on my heart. And thank you, Father Kaz, for being a Jesus for us, being Christ-like for us. And after I spilled my guts to Father Kaz, I said, I gotta go talk to Jesus. And I went up to the chapel and I opened the chapel. I'm like, Jesus, you're not even here. <laughs> you're not even here. Yes, he is. More than ever right now. And this is the beauty of what is happening in our faith. The beautiful gift that we have. Our Lord on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is Psalm 22, and it describes the agony of the suffering servant. Now to these words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mean that God the Father abandoned the Son? No. He allowed him in his humanity, in Jesus' humanity, to experience the sense of divine abandonment that we humans often feel in times of need and especially sin. Just as we often feel that God has abandoned us when we are suffering, which is never the case. God doesn't abandon us. So the Son of God in his humanity experienced that aspect of human suffering. Once I was in Walmart, <clears throat> and it was my first day in North Carolina, moving down there to start a business, and I had a Benedict cross around my neck, and the corpus of Christ was on that cross, and a woman, God bless her, saw me, and she says, you must be Catholic. Now there's a couple things that came from that conversation that were Rememberable, and I've told a couple of them, but one of the things was, she said, my Jesus is risen. My Jesus ain't on that cross no more. Praise God for my faith, because my faith says Jesus is risen, and he ain't on that cross no more. I says, well, our faith does as well say Jesus is risen, but ma'am, in any way do you suffer? In any way... Do you have heartache? In any way do you have pains piercing your heart? Of course. Then in a way, Jesus is still on that cross, but with us. This is a powerful image, I think, because he died for our sins. And the weight of those sins must have been heavy, a feeling of abandonment. And it must have been very difficult on our Lord. Now, Jesus, though, quotes that psalm. And if you know why, read the rest of Psalm 22. It has a triumphant ending. It ends in glory. We just hear the first line and we don't hear anymore. But that triumph that our Lord fulfills is showing that 
he's going through Good Friday leading to the glory of Easter Sunday. There is hope because the resurrection is coming. We will be with him in glory, just not yet. Right now we are going through this valley of tears. You know, I have a bunch of notes here, but I'm not going to read them. There's a lot of things I wanted to talk about, about fasting and the beauty of what it is, but I think I'm not going to read them because what struck me in listening to that passion was that they went to break our Lord's bones. Why did they break the bones of the man of a man on, a, on the cross? And the reason why was because when you were crucified, you were asphyxiated. And they would push up on their leg to try to grab, uh, gain a breath. So if you broke the legs of the man on the cross, he couldn't lift up to get a breath. And he would die sooner. Why did they want them to die sooner in this reading? Because the Sabbath was coming, the Passover was coming. And they didn't want them on the cross. So they wanted to hasten the death. And they went to Jesus to break his legs, but they didn't. Why? Because he was already dead. And I know this is not church teaching, but I would imagine that that's one of the reasons why our, our Lord died a little bit earlier than some people had on the cross was because he had to be an unblemished lamb. And if you were to break the bones, this lamb would not be unblemished. So our Lord did not have his bones broken. What did they do instead? Did you just read it? They speared his side. And that's where I want to finish. Because Dr. Stackpole, who works with our Marian community, did a beautiful study, if you will, and said that the Roman executioners were very skilled. They knew exactly where to slide a spear between what two ribs to slide through the rib cage to kill a criminal on the cross. Now, one of you might ask, why did the blood and water come out of his side when the divine mercy image, oh, sorry, <laughs> our divine mercy image is covered, when the divine mercy image shows it coming from his heart? The reason is because that spear that slid through the side actually punctured our Lord's heart. The blood and the water that came out of the side was actually from his heart. 
I remember I did a couple classes towards my licentiate at John Paul down in Washington, D.C., and I was in a class with all secular students. I was the only religious in the class, and the teacher was a secular instructor, and it was a class that had to do with some biblical themes, and I remember the teacher drawing a picture of the temple, and the picture of the temple that he was drawing on the board showed that when they would execute the, or excuse me, sacrifice the animals, the blood from the animals would go into a trough, and the blood would be in the trough, and then at the end of the day, they would come with buckets of water, and they would splash into the troughs to clean out the blood in the water, and he's standing up there and he says on the board, the blood in the water would come out a hole on the right side of the temple. And the students are just looking, writing, and he says, so the blood in the water would come out the right side of the temple. I'm like, does anybody see this? This is what it is. Jesus, the temple, the blood in the water coming out of his side for our redemption. Satan's only two tools are sin and death. The result of sin is death. And what, sin, what wipes away sin? The cleansing waters of baptism and confession, the pale ray. What wipes out death? Life. And what was life to the Jews? Blood. Blood was what gave life to the Jews. So death is wiped out by life. And what is life to the Jews? Blood. This is the sacred heart of Jesus that is clamoring to pour that divine mercy onto the whole world in the form of his blood and water. Brother Jason yesterday read the passage 177 in the diary where Jesus says, I am clamoring to pour out upon the whole world my mercy. Why can't he? God can do anything. Well, wait a minute, doesn't it say in scriptures that he couldn't even work a miracle in the town he went to of his own hometown? Why? Because of the lack of the faith of the people. Now, tonight, tonight we invite you to join us. At 7 o'clock we will begin the Divine Mercy Novena. Tonight, Brother Jason will give a reflection. And as part of that, before, between 7 o'clock and the 8 o'clock tenebrae, which Tenebrae is talking about the seven last words of Christ. In that time period, we are going to do our first Fridays. We are going to do what our Lord asked us to do, which is to make reparation to the sacred heart of Jesus. Why can't that heart from which divine mercy pours out on the world? According to 177 of the diary, why can't that heart just pour out that mercy on the world that we are so desperately in need of? Because he's clamoring to do it, because that heart is wounded and we need to make reparation. What greater day than Good Friday? What greater day? The day to say, Lord, on this day, you poured it out on the cross. You gave us everything. The least we can do is make reparation to that sacred heart that is so wounded by the sin and ingratitude of mankind. Today is a day of penitential. Father, you're giving us kind of a gloomy sermon here. Today is a day of penance.
Today is a day of reparation. Today is a day to say to our Lord, let me console you as St. Faustina did in the garden. What do you mean, Father? She lived 1,900 years after Jesus' passion. Yeah, but if you read the Novena, which we're going to begin tonight, Jesus said that it was the souls of priests and religious that got me through the agony in the garden, including Faustina specifically. God is outside of time. In our prayers, we can be there with him tonight. We can be with him right now at the 3 o'clock hour with him on the cross, making reparation for the sins and ingratitude of mankind. So I invite you, as we finish this beautiful liturgy today, not a mass, we will receive Holy Communion. And then we come back tonight to start the novena. And then Tenebrae at 8, but in between, we are doing our first Fridays. And we're going to continue tomorrow with our first Saturday at 3 as we make reparation to the Immaculate Heart for the blasphemies against her heart. God bless all of you. And this is our faith. This is divine mercy. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.